I am so glad you decided to join us today. This is the Words for Life podcast, where we share perspectives, principles, and testimonies that will positively impact your life. Welcome to episode 20 of the Words for Life podcast, and I'm your host, Terrence Farrell, a.k.a. T. Farrell. And of course, as always, before we get started, I'm going to ask you to like and subscribe. Liking it is for us. Boost our ratings a little bit. Uh, You can even throw a comment down there. That'd be really, really cool. Um, Subscribing is for you. Next time you want to listen to it and you want to find it, you go, what's the name of it again? It'll already be in your subscriptions. Subscribing is for you. Uh, I'm going to give you a second to do that right now. Go ahead. And thank you. I appreciate you. Um, We've got an amazing uh, podcast today. Uh, A great uh, 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 special guest. But before I even go into that, wanted to let you know about Be More Today. Now, by the time you're hearing this, uh, we would have wrapped up registrations for our 5K run. Pardon the interruption. I know I'm interrupting my own podcast, but I just wanted to give you an update. We have extended the uh, registration date. So uh, registration was supposed to be done on November 30th. We have extended it to December the 5th. This is it, y'all. December 5th, get your registration in for the Be More Today, the BMT 5K. Uh, All the other information is the same. I will let myself go back to explaining the rest of it for you. But just want to let you know, we extended it to December the 5th. Register now. Don't wait. It's going to be hot, y'all. All right. Be More Today is doing a 5K run on January 1st. Go to bemoretoday.com. That's B-E-M-O-R-E-T-O-D-A-Y.com. It's going to be hot. We got the t-shirts. We got neck gaiters. Um, starting the year off right, 2021. Going to do away with the 2020. 2021, we're going to start it off nice with a 5K. Um, and that's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. If you're already registered, I appreciate you. We shall, if, if you're meeting up with uh, Sean in Prospect Park, that's cool. He'll see you there. If not, if you're doing it virtually, we will see you virtually and we'll encourage you there as well. Now, back to my special guest. My special guest today is actually one of my pastors. It's Pastor Amanda Hawley. Um, she's just, she's down to earth. That's why, that's why I got her on the podcast. She's got a ministry that she did. So we're going to talk about that or a ministry that, that she's, um, that she started off with or, or broke off and started doing, doing a ministry. We're going to talk about that as well. So without further ado, let me introduce my pastor, Pastor Amanda Hawley. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Glad to be back on the podcast. I love podcasts. So <laughs> wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, good night, my night owls, in the car. Hello. Glad that you tuned in to another episode. Yes, yes, yes. What Now, what was the name of your podcast? Because you had a podcast, right? You so I've done two. Okay. Um, the first one was Beyond the Pulpit. And that was connected to PELC, and that's an organization called Pastoral Evangelism and Leadership Council. So that podcast was really catered to pastors and like lay leaders. So we just tackled leadership issues, challenges, church stuff. I wish a member would, you know, kind of a little bit of everything. (laughs) And then the second one I did with a colleague of mine called Not So Random, which was us on Facebook Live Tuesdays at 11 p.m., with seemingly random conversations that we would kind of give a point to at the end. So nice. some conversations were more random than others, but we really were trying to not be random. Right, 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 right. Cool, cool, cool. So now as, as I like to start out with a with an open-ended question, just for people that don't know who Amanda Hawley is, who is Amanda Hawley? So I I chuckled when you gave me this question because my initial reaction was more than a pastor. Nice. And then I was like, should I say that? Should I not say that? And I was like, I'm going to say it. You know, um, I'm a person. I'm a person. I'm a woman that loves to 
grow and have fun. I'm curious. Um, I'm creative. I kind of draw lines in the sand between creative and artsy. Um, I feel like my creativity can be art. So I like to paint. I like to sing. I like to do crafty things and create. Um, you know, those of you that are watching, like I did this floral arrangement on my own, you nice. know, so I like to do crafty things, but I also like to research and read and put things together. So I'm a very curious um, individual, but I'm just, I'm just a person really, you know, just trying to serve God with all my heart, trying to grow, trying to be better, you know, trying to treat people right, eat my, eat my vegetables, drink my water, you know, get sleep. <laughs> um, just a person out here in these streets. <laughs> no, <laughs> trying, I, trying to make it, trying to make it. <laughs> right, right. And I'm glad you, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad that was your answer because a lot of times we look at pastors as, oh, they're, they're a pastor and all they do is study the word. And when you see them, they're going to give me some, some word for my life and they, they need to live too. And it's, you yeah. know. Well, the one thing that I didn't know when I was entering pastoral ministry was part of, I guess, the cost is you do lose some of your identity because mm. people only see you. It's like you go from being a three-dimensional person to a one-dimensional person. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just the pastor, you know. So even, you know, at our church, when I, you know, see members outside of church, when I hang out with them. One time I went to a concert. It was the Kirk Franklin and Legacy concert. And there mm -hmm. were members there. I went with some members, but I guess the whole group didn't know that I was coming. Right. So right. when I showed up in line, like the looks of horror on their face, and I'm like, <laughs> listen, I like Lettucey too. I think she's an amazing singer. And they were just like, can can we enjoy this with our pastor? I mean, you know, Kirk Franklin's up there throwing in Biggie, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm jamming. Right. And they're just like, but you're the pastor. And I'm like, but I love music, you mm -hmm. know? So mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, people just, I, you know, I joke and it's like, you know, pastor has become my first name. And I'm like, my first name is Amanda. Like, I don't get offended when people are like, hi, Amanda. And I'm like, that is my name. Pastor right. is what I do. Amanda mm -hmm. is my name, you know? So if it's a slip up and it's not disrespect, I'm like, Amanda is my name. <laughs> like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I mean, it's it's also the um, it's the way you brought up. I mean, you know, I was brought up pa pastor, pastor, man. You know, it's it's a pat. So now, you know, even when yeah, I I this because I've I've hit the age now where pastors are younger than me, but I'm still like, well, pastor, and they're just like, just just call me by my first name. It's like okay, it just seems weird. It because my mother and my dad beat it into me. Well, that that's the pastor, and you always address them as pastor and. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's the way it is. Um, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that was your definition. Uh, we need to look at pastors as people because we need to pray for our pastors as well. And not just, oh, pray they have a good word next week. Pray that, you know, they make it through or, or, or whatever. So um, one of the interesting things is very, well, very rarely do, do I see pastors now break off and do a ministry. You know, they say, you know, yes, I'm a pastor, but I'm also going to provide a ministry to another group of people, not under the church. Like, I'm not going to form this ministry under the church. And I wanted to ask you, because you started Amanda Hawley Ministries, mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask the chain of events that led to Amanda Hawley Ministries. So, man, it, it really wasn't like a chain of events. I, I think... If I can, for a second, speak on behalf of all pastors that have started a ministry or done something outside, it's because ministry for us many times is not 100% fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for those of you that are listening, like, like stay, stay with me as I unpack that. So being a pastor is very rewarding. It's very fulfilling. I mean, like, seriously, like to know that you assisted somebody in growing in the Lord, making a decision for Christ, you know, you've helped stabilize, you know, a troublesome home, or you've gone with somebody through a difficult season, but ministry in many ways, it takes a lot more than it gives. So you do have those moments and times where it gives back to you. But in, in my opinion, you know, the, the taking is a little bit more. So you have to figure out ways to kind of subsidize or to add to the giving. So when you look at the church, you know, the church is pretty much like, this is what we do. These are our ministries. This is who we are. So if you want to be creative and do something different in a little bit of a less structured way, it's hard to do that through the church. 
Um, churches can also become a little possessive where as the pastor, you're kind of like, I love you all, but this was my idea, you know, but then as soon as you bring in the ministry leaders, it really becomes the church's idea, you know, and it kind of becomes grafted into their identity and who they are, mm -hmm. which again, is not always a bad thing, but sometimes you're just like, I want to be able to really control it, do it. And I don't want to have to send it through the board, through the elders, figure out the financing, you know, conflict of interest, you know, you're using church funds, but you're doing what you want. And some people really freak out about that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just to have something that is mine. So for me, with Amanda Holly Ministries, you know, I realized I wanted to continue to do ministry, but I wanted to just have the space to really own it. Um, you know, it's something that I want to do. And even saying that is kind of challenging because it sounds so selfish. Like, man, you know, like, <laughs> how can she say that? You know, she wants to own it. It's hers. You know, it's ministry. It's all the Lord's. But, you know, just something that I really have control over, something that gives me the, the space and the freedom to truly be creative. Um, that gives me the space to make changes on the fly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because Terrence, you know, in churches, churches are kind of like the Titanic. You know, you don't, we don't turn on a dime. It's like, right, yeah. oh, we got to change and change and the change is coming. And then you have the committee to tell people that the change is coming and then <laughs> right. the committee to monitor how the change is going. And they connect with the committee that informs people of the change. And then you have the briefing <laughs> committee. And so, you know, you have like three committees and you're like, I'm just trying to make a change. You right, know? right. So for me, wanting all of those things, needing all of those things, um, and realizing that there are just ideas and different things that I want to do, um, that I may get questions and pushback if I try and run it through the church versus if I just do it myself, I can explain it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for me, it was really just, it was something that I needed. Um, you know, again, there was desires, ideas that I had and, trying to, I wanted a space where I could just kind of house all of it. Um, so I could have ownership and then make it more connected to what God has called me to do and not so much what God has called me to do at a church, mm -hmm. you know, with mm -hmm. the vision and the ministry that the church has. Right, right, right. Oh, right. that's clear. <laughs> no, no, it, it is clear. It is clear. And, and in, in our denomination, um, the, the conference moves you from church to church. So if you house this thing in a church and it's like, okay, your next calling is in, you know, Idaho. It's like, okay, do I snatch my ministry back from the, you know? So yeah. I, I understand that as well. I understand that. Now, for those that don't know Amanda Hawley Ministries, what is Amanda Hawley Ministries about? What is, what is the ministry, you know, purpose or what, what is it? So Amanda Hawley Ministries, <laughs> I really, it's still developing, but at, at the heart of it, what I wanted to do was to create a ministry that had resources, I guess, programming, things that were really connected to helping women develop an authentic relationship with Christ. So I wanted to create Amanda Holly Ministries to really be that bridge between what you experience in church and then what you experience in your life. So how do I take the message the Sabbath school lesson, the Bible study, Wednesday night prayer meeting, and how do I now make it relevant on Tuesday, on Thursday, on Wednesday at 2 a.m. when Terrence is awake, you know, and then Wednesday morning <laughs> at 10 a.m. when Amanda has just woken up. How is this, you know, how is this relevant? How is this meaningful? And I wanted to do it in a more practical, less sermony way. So then I could really begin to talk about different topics. So one of the things that I've started doing is monthly growth guides. And um, I, fell, I, I fell behind because um, at the end of October, I went on vacation. And mm -hmm. the last week of the month is when I prep for the next month. But I was on vacation, so I haven't posted anything in like two weeks. You know, my website is behind. And I was like, when I started my website, I'm like, I'm never going to be behind. I'm always going to keep my website fresh because mm -hmm. I hate it when I go to other people's websites and it's outdated. Right, and now right, I'm right. like, I've, I've become that person. I'm like, so <laughs> lesson <laughs> learned, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. But, um, but each month, you know, I pick a topic. So I think our last topic was stillness and mm -hmm. how incorporating stillness into your life, how that can really help you just kind of sit and settle, process some things. It can help you connect in a powerful way. We've talked about joy. We've talked about self-love. I did a five-day self-love challenge 
really rooting and grounding self-love in the Bible and Mm -hmm. teaching from the word what proper self-love is. You know, how when we think of really like if you love somebody, you're going to hold them accountable. Self-love, you're going to hold yourself accountable. You know, Mm -hmm. so self-love is not spa days and, you know, designer items or whatever your favorite, you know, material things are. Self-love is truly and holistically caring for and nurturing yourself. So where you need to be held accountable, you do so. Where you need to set up boundaries, you do so. Um, being patient, kind, gracious with yourself, because many times we're our worst critics. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted a space where I could kind of tackle a lot of these problems that I believe can cause disconnects and, and prevent us from really having this amazing relationship with God. Because I'm like, God cares about that. You know, many times at church, it's always through the lens of salvation, righteousness, mm-hmm. you know, doing evangelism prophecy, you know, that's what your relationship with God is about. I'm like, that's part of it. The other part is if you have low self-esteem, God cares about that. That Mm -hmm. matters to him. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with discipline, if you're dealing with anxiety, like those things affect your relationship with God. And we have to learn how to let God in to those spaces. So that really is the, the heart of Amanda Holly Ministries. So moving forward, it's just what are different ways that I can address that and figuring out, you know, with my schedule, because I also don't have as much time as I thought I would to -hmm. really create new content, but how to begin to address these issues. And really, my goal is to create a community, you know, of of women that just support one another, you know, where, you know, hopefully I can make it a safe space, but that's kind of hard to do virtually, you know, but a safe space where at least we can be like, I'm struggling with that too. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to share Mm -hmm. your whole life story, but we can talk about challenges. This is what's worked for me. This is what I studied in the word. Um, Cause the Bible talks about all of this stuff. That's the other thing. Like yeah. it's there, but if you don't look for it, or if you don't know where to go, like you'll miss the stories that talk about these real issues that we face every day. So that's, that's the heart of Amanda Holly ministries. Okay. Okay. Now um, from everything I heard you say, it sounds like it's, it's just for women. It is. Uh-huh, it is okay. it is just for women. Um, and I know a lot of men are just like, well, I'm going to follow anyway. I'm like, and men, you're welcome. <laughs> just, you know, you'll just have to do what women have always done, which is change the pronoun, you know? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. as long as you're fine with that, you know, because I know that this isn't just a woman only. Right, issue, right, right. You know, right. but really, um, you know, I got some coaches and this and that to kind of help me. And, you know, everybody's like, you know, it's better for you to have a well-defined audience mm-hmm. um, so you can effectively, you know, reach them, market to them. Because Amanda Holly Ministries is online. So it's like, you know, everything is like, you know, who's your target audience? What's their name? What's their age? And mm-hmm. if other people are, you know, attracted to what you offer, then so be it. But right for consistency and truly effectiveness, you know, don't try and be a, a spiritual Walmart, you right, know, right, like right, right, be the right. boutique. This mm-hmm. is my audience. This is what I do. And if you want to come and be a part, then that's fine. No, I th- and, and that's, that's great advice. Whoever gave you that advice, it is great advice. I, re- I read stuff all the time and it's, I think, uh, I forgot who said it, but they said, once somebody sees what it is you're about, they should say, oh, I've been looking for that. That's exactly what I want. And you you build an audience of people like that. You've got a following, a, a strong following. Yeah. Um, so I think that's cool. I think that's I think that's really cool. I mean, of course, the the um, the the uh, thoughts and the ideas and things that you're saying are for can work for anybody. But I think if you if you, you know, find your specific audience now. One of the things I want to ask as you was talking about that is how do you stay um, energized spiritually? What, what's, what's one of your keys? And I, I think, you know, I think it would, it, it'll probably help uh, people that are listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, how do I stay spiritually energized? It's, it's weird. Um, so I think of it in terms of exercising, not because I'm an avid exercise person but you know how you have the cycle run rest and then repeat Mm -hmm. so to stay spiritually energized there are things that I do that are very action oriented and then there are times that I'm still so it's a weird combination of doing stuff and then not doing anything Mm -hmm. um just depending on on what it is so like one of the ways that I stay energized um 
I, I, I consume a lot of stuff. So I read a lot. Hmm. Um, I read, I listen to podcasts of all different types of genres. So I don't just box myself into just religious stuff, you know, hmm. so I'll read stuff. I'm, right now I'm really into like business, entrepreneurship, um, how to build teams, leadership stuff. So a lot of it is written more to the secular realm, but, you know, there's a lot of like ministry, you know, key ideas, things. Um, so I read a lot of stuff there. Um, podcasts, I kind of listen to any and everything. I love stories. So, you know, mm -hmm. Snap Judgment, that's a podcast that I listen to. Um, just story stuff. I have comedians that I follow. Mm -hmm. So just really just kind of staying connected to what's out there. I read a lot. Like I said, I like to create painting. A COVID skill that I picked up is video editing. And, and nice. I say that lightly. Like, don't be like, oh, can you edit this video? Like, I'm not that good. Right, it's like right, 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 little right. videos that I try and put together. Like, I mean, I've done some stuff for Amanda Holly Ministries. And I was right. like so proud of myself. Like, I put the music, I faded my logo in and out. Like, uh -huh, what? Yeah, Look yeah. at this girl. <laughs> you know, it took me about 12 hours, but it saved me money. Um, so, you know, but creating, listening to sermons, um, worshiping, like every pastor has to worship outside of their church. If you mm -hmm. only worship when you're in church, you're not worshiping. Right. Because right, you can right. be pulled out of the worship moment at any point in time. Or sometimes it's important to watch what's happening mm -hmm. so you can really hear and stay in tune to God. So it's not even about you necessarily connecting with God at that moment. It's what is God doing in the room? Let me be aware because the word may need to shift or change to match what the Holy Spirit is already manifesting in the room. So mm -hmm. I take time to worship, you know, on my own, um, and just engaging a lot of stuff. So that's kind of like the active way that I stay energized. But then on the other side, thinking, um, I think a lot and I, mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those, you have to slow down, but it just helps me process. Where am I going? What am I doing? So forcing myself to be still energizes me, you know, mm -hmm. it's in, for me in the stillness, that's really when I hear God and that's when he begins to connect all of the dots. Right, um, right, so right. sitting down, thinking, um, meditating, journaling, writing, um, talking things out, you know, I have a friend of mine, like we call each other about once a week and we just go over texts, you know, I'm wrestling with this text. What do you see? I'm wrestling with this text. What do you see? I mean, we're mm -hmm. like, you know, look at the Greek, look at that. I'm pulling out books and concordances. Well, what about this? <laughs> Cross-referencing it here, you know, but that it's like simulating. So mm -hmm. talking things through processing, being through nature. So it's just kind of like times when I need to do something mm -hmm. and then times when I need to be still. So just kind of this weird run, rest, repeat, run, rest, repeat. Right, 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 right. I think one of the keys to what you said there um, that, I, that I walk away with is the fact that how well-rounded you keep yourself. So you listen to podcasts and it's not necessarily a spiritual podcast and not saying God couldn't give you a spiritual concept or a concept that connects to something he's been telling you to do. So I think that's so key because sometimes if we keep ourselves boxed into, okay, this is, this is, we miss a lot of cues. That's like, you see that person, you see what they're doing here with their bike, you know, on the road. It's like, that's what I meant when I was talking about, you know, this in this scripture. And it's like, Oh, and it kind of puts, it, it puts flesh on, on other concepts. So yeah. I, I think that was cool. I think that's cool. And I think it, it, it forces me to try and find God everywhere. Cause you know, we say God is everywhere, but then we only look for God in the church. Right. We look for God in the overtly religious, but I'm like, if God is really everywhere, then where can I find, you know, his principles? Where, where can I see kind of, you know, his, his fingerprint, you mm -hmm. know, where it may not be, you know, true formal organized we have gathered to worship the lord you know but <laughs> do i see community because i think right. you know the only way you can create community is god has to be a part of that you know satan's not trying to help people create community mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. not really so like is community there you know so what does that mean you know how is god working and moving is kindness there is advocacy there is 
creativity there? Like what's, you know, accountability, responsibility, like what, what am I seeing there and how, you know, how is God moving in ways that these people don't even realize? And it's just like, man, like the Holy Spirit is going to get you, you know, like <laughs> you may not see it, but I see it. So right, I, right. I try and do that, I guess, to kind of keep myself connected. Um, Cause I believe that's what Christ did. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, if this man hung out with prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners, I can listen to a podcast that's not religious. You know, right, right, that's a right. whole lot safer, you know, than actually like <laughs> hanging out with them. So I'm like, if he spent time with these people, these sinners, you know, right. I can listen to a podcast. You know, it may have a few choice words, but I'm mature. Like, it's not like I'm going to now turn around and start, you know, spewing these words. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right, 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 right. No, no, it's... It's, it's 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 a good point. It's a good point. Definitely a good point. Now, um, I I want I want to ask this question, and you know, you you pick any experience, but we all we all seen, well, we've all gone through things. If you've lived long enough, you've gone through things. Um, and what was one of the toughest things that God God pulled you through? And I ask this just to it for it to be a source of inspiration that for somebody that might be going through something or that's seen somebody going through the same type of thing. Yeah. Oh man. I know right off the bat, the toughest, one of the toughest experiences that I've gone through was before I w- was called to ministry. I wanted to be a psychologist. And so, so I was working I. on, that was my goal. <laughs> I wanted to do research. I wanted to be a professor at a university tenure track. I wanted to do a long-term study on child and adolescent development, specifically looking at discipline. I was going to call it the Holly, you know, I forget. I had some name for like the Holly theory of childhood development or something. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to study it and just do research and be Dr. Amanda Holly professor, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I was working on my master's in clinical psych and the program that I was in had a comprehensive exam. And it was a take-home exam, two weeks long, and it's comprehensive. So I was doing well in the program, should have passed my comprehensive exam. Took the exam four times, three of the times counted. One of the times I had a panic attack the morning of, turned it in late, and they're like, we're not going to accept it. Mm. So I actually took the test four times, but I, I never passed it. I never passed it. And the policy of the school was if you do not pass the comprehensive exam after three attempts, they dismiss you from the program. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to continue at that school, I would have to reapply and do the entire program all over again. Or I had the option to transfer my credits to another school, which when you try and transfer at the graduate level, they only take like very, they don't take that many Mm -hmm. credits Mm -hmm. because, you know, in order for them to confer the degree upon you, they want to see your performance in their program. So they're not going to take half of your credits and be like, okay, take these, you know, a few classes and then we'll give you the degree. So in any way you sliced it, I essentially would be redoing a program that I'd already done Mm. and passed. And so Mm. when that happened, like my whole world just fell apart. Um, Because one, I'd never failed anything before. So I had a 3.78 GPA in graduate school. Like, Mm -hmm. so I was doing very well in the program. And why I could not pass this exam, I have no idea. Well, I mean, I I think it was the Lord, but I'm still just like, Lord, because there are still times where I'm just like, that's so cruel, man. Like, I at least could have finished the degree and I could have failed my licensure exam. At least (laughs) my student loans would have been worth it. And I'd actually have a diploma. Like, I completed Mm -hmm. all the the coursework and have no diploma. And I have the loans. I have the loans, the knowledge, Mm -hmm. and no diploma. And I'm just like, if this is not, (laughs) so, you know, truly falling between the cracks. I, you know, I don't know what it is, but that was the worst time for me because what I realized at that time was knowledge and my ability, truly it was my God. It was what I valued. You know, I was not dependent or reliant upon God. I was smart and I knew I was smart. I was good and I knew I was good. And I was like, thank you, Lord. I'll handle it from here. Like, I'm good. I got this. I mean, I had plans, I had a job lining up. I was doing my internship 
at a site and they, you know, really enjoyed having you work there. They're like, we have positions opening up. Like you're pretty much a shoe in You've been working here for a year. You know, the program, you know, we love you. The kids love you. I was working at an adolescent home for boys. Mm. And so, you know, that I was challenging, but <laughs> you know, I was at adole- an adolescent home for you know kids that were in crisis, young men that were in crisis, um, getting ready, you know, to be homeless, kicked out of school. You know, some of them were beginning to abuse drugs. You know, traumatic past, and they would come into the home and stay in an attempt to, and we would try and help stabilize. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. goal was to always send them back home. But you know, many of the kids they just stayed in the program until they aged out. Right, you know, right, 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 right. Because um, we just couldn't stabilize the homes. You know, it sounds great on paper, very difficult to do in reality. Because many of the families were like, "Yes, take your kid, and you can keep them. Like we're right, done with it." Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a great, 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 great program. I enjoyed working there, and you know, things were lining up, and I was like, "I'm in Chicago, you know, young, single, black, like what, yeah. you know?" And I had all my little plans, and God was just like, "No." Because I think he knew the more I went down that path, one, it really would have led me further away from him um, because I would just would have become more self-reliant and dependent. And looking at where I am now, I realized that after a while that would have ceased to have fulfilled me. So God being God was like, nope, I got to come in. I'm trying to save you. <laughs> I'm trying to <laughs> save you in, in every meaning of, of that word, you know, spiritually and really kind of save you from yourself because you think this is the life you want, but I created you. This is not the life that you want. <laughs> um, so it was, it was painful. I mean, failing, I've never failed anything ever in life. Yeah. So I mean that like, it hurt my pride. It hurt Terrence. It hurt my pride. Like I had to go back home. My home church was like, she's one of the brightest. You know, they sent me away with love. And I'm like, you don't go back home without the degree. I mean, I have my own apartment. I had to move back in with my parents. I had no car. I had maxed out my credit cards, you know, trying to make it work. Because all this happened in 2009. So that Mm -hmm. major recession hit. I mean, I couldn't get a job at Subway. I applied. Subway, Walmart, like I just, I couldn't get a job anywhere. I was either overqualified or underqualified, you know, cause mm-hmm. I had all these graduate credits and Subway's like, we know you ain't staying here. You're not for us. No, right, we're not right. going to, you know, apply for you. And because I didn't have my license, I couldn't do anything in the behavioral health field. Cause if you don't have a license, I mean, I could be like tech, but I was like, that's, I'm not doing that. You know, pride, right. again, pride. Man, I wanted that little measly job. You know, I'm trying to be a therapist, okay? Right, right. You know, I need to therapize people. <laughs> so, you know, I just, it was just a humbling, a humbling experience. You know, I was embarrassed. I was frustrated. I was angry. You know, I felt like God owed me a blessing because I had been diligent. Because, you know, we always say, you know, yeah, if you work yeah. hard and if you're consistent, you know, God... God's going to bless you, you know, give God something to bless. You know, God Mm -hmm. was able to bless Joseph because he was a good worker. You know, Joseph had been lazy. How could God have given him favor, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I was diligent. You know, I studied, I worked hard and I'm like, you know, my attitude was God, you owe me this, you know, like you can't take this away from me. And Mm -hmm. God's like, Oh, oh, I can't take it away from you. Um, So that I just, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about God, but that really was, that was the most difficult experience. Right around that time, I experienced two family losses as well. So it's just like that, that sense of loss, you know, Mm -hmm. loss of direction, purpose. I didn't know what to do afterwards because for so many years, being a, a psychologist, being a researcher, that was what I wanted to do. And so now to try and go back to school. I mean, you know, I was at well over six figures in student loan debt. I'm like, I'm not taking out another student loan. Like, I'm just not doing this again. Um, So just trying to put all the pieces together. I really felt like Humpty Dumpty. Um, Mm. And I just didn't know how to put the pieces back together again. And I, I found a job at Lane Bryant, which I hated, but it was the only place that would hire me, you know, and I'm bad, you know, working with these little, you know, 18, 19 year olds. And I'm just like, I'm a therapist, you know, (laughs) I'm back here, you know, folding jeans and t-shirts. Um, Amanda, you did not fold the t-shirts according to the proper fold that we showed you yesterday. (laughs) 
And I just want to be like, let me tell you what you can do with these t-shirts, okay? <laughs> like, wow. I'm above this, you know? So God really had to, really, really had to humble me. And, and um, you know, he taught me that you can always start over again. So like as painful as that was, it mm-hmm. seemed like the end. Um, but through that, and there's been, you know, other instances afterwards where when I think it's done, it's over, God's like, I can, you can always start again. You can always build again. It'll be painful, challenging, and difficult, but you can always start again. As long as you have breath in your body, mm-hmm. I don't know who needs to hear this, but wherever you are, whatever your situation looks like, as long as you have breath in your body, God can always help you start again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and people, people don't talk about that. They talk about, like you said, they talk about the hard work and don't be lazy and know what you want and the focus and, and God will, you know, he will bless what you're doing. And I'm reading this book or I read the book and rereading it. It's, um, it's by Shea Bynes. It's called doing business God's way. It's an mm-hmm. excellent book. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Uh, she also has another book, Grace Over Grind, and it's two um, Christian entrepreneurs. And basically she talks about how so many Christians that, you know, that are entrepreneurs, they start the business, they figure all of this out, how to marketing it, and they go, God bless it, you know, because I'm a Christian. I'm faithful. I, I return tithes. And she said, if you make God the CEO, he can change the whole direction at any point in time. And it's just like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I already got the marketing for this. I got this. I got that. But it's like, did he ask you to do that? Did did you run it by him? And even if you did, he goes, okay, that was for now. Now let's do this. And nobody talks about that because that's the uncomfortable part. That's the, that's the, as she calls it, um, it's a kingdom driven entrepreneur, not yeah. an entrepreneur that's a Christian. And it's just... And so when you talked about the the ego and all of that, I I identified with so much of that because it's like, yeah, I, I I know I can produce, I know I can play drums and this and that. It's like, no, I want you to do this. It's like, yeah, that's that. See, that's not part of the plan. You gave me the talent, and and we we run all of the things that we've been told in church. You know, he gives you the talent and the gift. Work your gift, work your talent, and it's yeah. like. And how come God, that's not where you want me to be? Yeah. Um, and I think what well, one of the things that I I learned through this, or I should say, I entered the path of learning, is that God knows us so much better than we know ourselves. Yeah. And He knows us better than we give Him credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes we, because, and part of that is because we're just removed, we're separated from him. But you know how, like, like how you know your son, you know, mm-hmm. like, and right, as he right, gets older, yeah. you're just going to be like, listen, like, I know you kid, like, I've, I've seen, <laughs> like, I've seen you grow up and what, like, I know you, I've been watching you your whole life and you've been like this, right. you know, since this age, you know, good and bad, whatever it is, like, you know him, God has that knowledge of us. And many times when God changes the plan, what I'm learning is he's changing it for our good. Mm-hmm. He's changing it for our good. You know, it so just like doesn't when look I look that at way though life, when he does it. It doesn't because <laughs> we think we know, like, this is what I want to do. You know, this is what's best for me, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, like as, as much as I, you know, love research, like I was thinking about it, like, what would my life be like if I had actually gotten what I wanted. And part of me was like, you probably would be bored out of your mind. Because one of the things that's nice about ministry is the change, the change. I get to talk to different people, engage with different people. I get to do projects, you know, and I just kind of, you know, with all these different ideas that I have, you know, you can do this for a little bit, and then you can go over here and do that for a little bit, and then you can do this, and you can go back to that. You have, you know, this, this beautiful fluidity within ministry, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of just bob and weave, you know, as you see fit. And that's not something that I even, at that time, you know, 10 plus years ago, I didn't value that at that time, because mm-hmm. I was still stuck on the go to school, get a job, work the job, retire. And then somewhere along the lines, you get married, have the kids, buy the house, and you just kind of have this nice, you know, same old thing. But when I look at my life now and I'm like, I probably would have been bored 
working on the same research project, like a long-term research, like you're spending like 2015, like just doing that one thing, you know, cause truly you're trying to perfect and master that one thing. And that sounds great for your ego, but the discipline, the focus that it takes, mm -hmm. God's like, I mm -hmm. didn't really create you that way. You would have been bored after a while. Same thing. You know, I like to travel. I didn't realize at that time how much I liked to travel because I hadn't really started traveling. God's like, you want to be around people. You want to move. You want to create. You want to do, you know, different types of projects and things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God, knowing, I knew I wanted to help people. But, you know, it's like God knew I need to put you here. This is where you're going to, you know, flourish the most. This is where you're going to have the most joy, the most impact. And this is also what is going to keep your behind saved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I need you to do this kind of work. Like it's, it's for, it's for our good. And, but you're right it, in the moment, it's not going to feel like, man, God is doing this for my best interest. But in time you begin to see like, you know what, God, I did need you to close that door. Mm -hmm. You know, and I may not know the exact reasons why, but I can look at how I've grown and how I've developed and realize I would not have grown and developed the same way had I continued to do that thing. And it doesn't mean that thing is bad. It just means that God truly knows our lives. And he, when we allow him to order our steps, it is the best thing for us. Nice. Nice. Not, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And Again, that's something that I'm learning now uh, or learning more of now. Um, yeah. Any advice you have for, for people desiring to be a pastor or, or to, you know, to follow that ministry call? Yeah, <laughs> my, 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 need, my knee jerk reaction is don't. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, but seriously, you know, I tell people, you know, if God wants you to go into pastoral ministry, he will make that clear to you. He will make that abundantly clear to you. And until he makes that abundantly clear, don't, don't pursue it and seek after it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, be faithful where you are, you know, don't rush it. You know, cause I've had a couple of people like, I think God wants to, you know, call, you know, I think God wants me to do ministry and this and that. And I just ask them, are you sure? Mm -hmm. You know, and then they kind of give me this long, I was like, no, it's, it's a yes or no answer. Yes, I'm sure. Or no, I'm not sure. And mm -hmm. they're just kind of like, no, I'm not sure. I'm like, so then wait, you know, right. continue to be faithful, continue to grow because, you know, and I don't say this, you know, to be like, to be cocky, but the mantle of pastoral ministry, it's heavy. Mm. It's, it's heavy. And you have to wait on God because God knows when you're ready to handle it mm -hmm. because you honestly will never feel ready to handle it. Like these five years that I've been a pastor, I have never felt dumber, unprepared, <laughs> unqualified in my life. Now I'm just like, Lord, like, Lord, are you, like, I just feel like I'm messing up down here. Like, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> you know, and I just, you know, and members are just like, oh, we love your ministry. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm giving you all my best, but I just feel like I'm not like my best just isn't enough. You know, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I just don't feel like it's, it's good enough. You know, and every pastor that I talk to is kind of like, you, you just constantly have this, this imposter, in, imposter syndrome, you know, to a sense, because, you know, as ministers, you have to declare a message that you can't live, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm, you know, I'm teaching people, you know, to live right, you know, and to, you know, to be righteous and that they can overcome sin. And I sin, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like, you just constantly feel like a hypocrite, you know, I'm telling people to pray and I didn't pray today because I was in my feelings and I was mad. I'm telling you to study and I knew I should have studied more. I didn't study enough, you know, mm -hmm. or I studied for a sermon. I didn't study for me, right, you know, that's right, another, right, you yeah. know, challenge. So you're, you're constantly going to feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not doing enough. And then if you get to the other side where you feel like you have, like you're the best, then you really really have problems <laughs> you know like no <laughs> you know like that that that's a whole other set you know of issues when you're just like i am the mouthpiece of the lord you know come before me little people you know i'm right. the pastor you know that's a whole other set but really let god prepare the way 
because as God is opening the doors, he's equipping you and preparing you. Because when we rush ahead of God and try and do and, you know, push down the door, you know, that he has not opened yet, it only leads to damage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you love your son, but you're not going to give him a car. No. (laughs) You know, if you were to give him the car now, that would only be harmful and hurtful to him. Right. You know, you mean it as a gift, but he's not ready for that gift yet. And so with pastoral ministry and really with everything in our lives, but especially, you know, with pastoral ministry, God has to prepare you and equip you so that way you can handle what it really means, you know, to be a minister, you know, to his people. And only God knows when you're ready. You know, like I tell people for years, I never wanted to be a pastor, you know, and I've even had some people like, how is it that you went to Oakwood for four years and, you know, you didn't know that God was calling you? And I'm like, first of all, you don't know my life. (laughs) Second of all, God hadn't called me at Oakwood because I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I like, Oakwood was not the time that would have been God giving me a car and I'm 12 years old. So sure. I may have been able to sit in the seat and reach the pedals and see above the steering wheel, but 12 year olds, they're not ready to drive cars. I wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And God knew that. So he started developing and putting things in my path so I can look back and see him working like, Oh, you planted a seed and you were growing it step by step by step. But for me to be like, I'm going to be a pastor. Now, I wasn't ready when I was at Oakwood. I wasn't ready until my late 20s. Then God was like, now you're ready. You know, and even then, it's still been a growing process. You know, I'm still growing into this and what it means and, and what it requires. So my advice is to stay faithful and obedient to God and allow him to give you the opportunities and to open that door. Um, The last thing I'll say is many times we put this hierarchy, you know, we kind of like this pipeline, you know, Mm -hmm. I call it, you know, like, like the, the usher to elder pipeline, you know, like if you're an usher and you're really good, then you're like, okay, well, I could be a deacon now. And if you're a deacon (laughs) and you're really good, then it's like, okay, I could be an elder now. And if you're an elder, you know, then you're really like, oh, you know, I can go and, um, you know, I could be a pastor now. I'm like, there's no pipeline. <laughs> you know, there's no pipeline. Like God needs spiritual people everywhere. And as a pastor, you know, I want spiritually mature, connected, you know, Bible-based members in every ministry. Mm-hmm. So it's not like once you get to this point of being spiritually mature, oh no, you're too good to work with children's ministries. You know, you're, you're too spiritual to be an usher, you know, like, you know, too much scripture to work in hospitality. Like, no, you need those people everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. the goal can't always be, I want to be an elder. You know, I want to be a pastor, you know, to look at our bodies. Like the pancreas can't be like, I want to be the heart. You don't right, need right. two <laughs> hearts. You need one heart. And you need a pancreas that works, you know, try and live without your pancreas, try and live without your liver, try and live with half of your intestines missing. Like you need those things. So when people desire to do ministry, I remind them God can use you effectively and amazingly wherever he stations you. Now, if it means pastoral ministry, then follow him as he leads. Mm -hmm. But if he never opens that door, don't think that your ministry is less than. Right. You know, because pastors can't reach everybody. You need like you need those members that can teach and can model, you know, true Christ like behavior. So allow God to mold you, to shape you and allow him to open the door. He will make it abundantly clear. Every person I know, they're just like, I mean, God makes it so clear where you're just like, like, I can't act like, well, I, I don't know. Like, no, <laughs> however, he, however, he speaks to you, however, you know, he manifests that to you, you right. know, you know, right. and I've had people come up to me and they're like, man, I knew that God called me to ministry and I didn't do it, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. So that truly God calls you to that. And he makes it abundantly clear. He's not going to give you these little vague signs, you know, this and that. Right. He will make it clear. I want you to move forward. And when he does, then move forward, you know, right. and know right. that he will prepare you. He will equip you. He will give you everything that you need. Even if you feel like you don't know what you're doing, 
<laughs> he will still, you know, he'll get, he'll, he will help you out. He will carry you. Um, but yeah, nice. that's nice, nice, nice. Um, let, let, let people know where, where can they find you? How can they support? Okay. So you can find me. I have a website, amandahawley.com. Um, and I, I don't know if you want to put that in your, yeah, yeah. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll definitely yeah. do that. Amandahawley.com. There you can sign up for my monthly growth guides and anything else that I do. Um, it'll be there on the website. And then once you sign up, then I can, you know, add you to my email list. And I believe me, I do not email. I like under email. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but you'll be able to find out, you know, what, um, what I have in store. There are definitely some things I'm going to do in 2021. Um, but I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and the handle is just at Amanda Holly ministries, all one word, nice. Amanda Holly ministries on Instagram and on Facebook. And that's how you can find me. Nice, nice. What what's next for Amanda Harley? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Like I have, I have several ideas, um, but I don't know. You know, I feel like God definitely has some things up His sleeve, and so I'm like, okay, Lord, what? You know, <laughs> what do you what do you want to do? But but probably a book. I have, nice. I have a book idea. Um, it's, it's hard. I'm struggling to write it, but I believe that if I can ever sit down long enough and focus long enough and actually write it, um, I believe it would be a blessing. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. We're going to look for that. And, and, and people definitely follow, um, Amanda Holly ministries, um, check out the website. I'm going to put all of, all of the information in the show notes as well. I thank you, uh, pastor Holly for, for taking the time out. Um, again, words for life. You can check us out at words for life.today. So it's words, the number four life.today there, uh, on the site, you can sign up. Um, and you can, you can, uh, get on our email list. You can get, um, event updates. We've got an apparel line that we're building now. So, and we're connected with be more today. So they're on the site. You can connect straight to be more today as well. And like I, like I like to always say, you can be better. Uh, no, you can, you can will yourself to be better, but you can only be your best with God. We're out. <laughs>